Hey guys, and welcome back to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Shadaisky, and I'm glad that you guys are joining us for this special episode, these special episodes, because this is a new direction we're kind of going. We're not necessarily taking away from the original podcast. What we're trying to do is make it better. We're trying to add things to it and add different people to it, different folks that are uh, that we just, those that we study alongside, those we have everyday conversations with about God. So what, as Marshall and I talked about earlier, we are trying to just kind of let the Holy Spirit lead us in our conversations. We're going to get through this book of Luke that we're working on in the original podcast, in the main podcast, and then we're just going to see where Lord takes us. That's what's happening here. And of course, I wanted to bring in somebody else, a good friend of mine, good godly man that knows uh, knows the Bible uh, and is just very knowledgeable. So um, you're going to hear Christian Hall on here. He's been on here before, and uh, hopefully this will turn into a regular thing. So as of right now, we do not have a uh, title for this podcast within a podcast. Uh, so I don't know, maybe Table Talks for right now is what I'll title it. And we'll decide from there. So in the meantime, sit back. Enjoy this episode. It's simple. It's just a conversation. And uh, or mainly, the way I described it to Christian was it's a recorded Bible study. That's, that's all it is. So guys, enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. So, hey, uh... Yeah, it's a little weird to have to ask you for your email. I've had I haven't had to use your email yet. <laughs> I, I was like, that's kind of sad. I thought you had it for sure, but I get what, it. What, what did I need it for before? <laughs> Nothing. No, we didn't need to exchange emails. That's kind of sad that we do now, but I know, right? <laughs> what what is your email? Um my email, well, the one that I give out on here is undauntedpursuit oh. at gmail.com. We're recording. Well, just send me another email with your <laughs> okay. uh, personal one. All right. All right. Well, it all comes it all comes through on my phone, so. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, um, oh, man, I keep getting things that pop. I had to, just before starting tonight, I had to read set the computer i had to restart it so that i could um it, it wasn't finding the wi-fi so i had to restart it and whatever but i hate those issues with wi-fi i know i know and so well you are moved we've had you i've had you we've had you on the podcast and so our listeners shouldn't know you by now but um Anyway, yeah, so you're sitting in your new office. How was your move? It's a, you know, God-led move. And so you're you you've made it. I made How's it. Unpacking. How's unpacking uh, going? This is one of the reasons I wasn't really happy when this vision was first announced of moving. It's not a process <laughs> I enjoy. Um, it's a process we've done many, many times, but you know, as you get older, I just I don't know, man. I, yeah. I wanted to settle down and have your stuff situated and, you know, put your roots down and not have to worry about putting everything in a box again, stuffing another truck. And it seems like 
these moves are never like across town. You know, it's always (laughs) across the country. (laughs) It's like, but God took care of us a hundred percent. Everything went smooth. Everything that I've worried about, um, the Lord has completely taken care of. And um, I think I found with this was from the onset, from the get go, just complete surrender and saying, Lord, I'm not going to have any preconceived notions. I'm not going to have any, you know, thoughts or expectations. It's whatever, whenever, however, you know, like I'm assuming that since you've given us this direction to go, you're going to take care of everything. And, and he has, so it's been great. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, we're seeing that now. I mean, we've prayed for so long for direction and, um, and I've shared it. I, I called Marshall and let him know too that that it's happening. So we are moving to Arkansas finally. But uh, we, I know we've been you you haven't been part of the discussions. But Marshall and I have talked about it on here that um, that this is where we were where we were heading as as much as we tried. Okay, so and this is why my favorite verse is Proverbs sixteen nine. And you know we make our own. Uh, plans, but God directs our paths. We tried. We tried following you. You know, of course, you know, there's been a couple of times where we've tried to follow you guys or to try and go back to Tennessee where we originally came out of here from, out here from. And um, he just, he constantly is pointing us in a, in a different direction. He, you know, he's just confirmed everything to that. Who knows? I don't know why. I mean, because wouldn't it be nice to be next to you guys? <laughs> nice to have someone out here for sure, especially our best friends. So I know, <clears throat> but but it is. I get it. it is what it is. Yeah, we're all trying to do God's work, and you know, like if it was a different circumstance, you know, like we're just moving because we want to move and we want to stay together, and it had nothing to do with God. I mean, we could have made something work, but. I think we're both trying to follow his his direction and follow his lead and go where God's telling us to go. So maybe yeah. not this time, but maybe the next move. Who knows? Well, I mean, because you, you're going to hear a lot of people wondering about why why are you doing that. You you have the choice to not uh, to not go. Well, sure you do, but you know it's like I we felt as a family God leading us somewhere and. Um, through a lot of prayer, he's he's made it clear that it's got to be Arkansas. And then the thing about it is, is that yeah, we have a choice to stay, but he, and we we've tried going elsewhere. Like I said, you know, Tennessee, North Carolina, just testing those waters, and he he's going to make your direction clear. And even that, you know, because things won't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whichever way he he's gonna make it to where it doesn't work out, and so right. I, I find this this uh, process is and will continue to be enlightening because it's it's far from over. <laughs> yeah, just as yours yours is just beginning as well. Well, and that's where the faith aspect comes in, you know, especially moving to a place that you've never lived before, that you don't have any family, you don't have any friends. You know, mm-hmm. other than God, there was no reason in us even com- coming here. I mean, if yeah. I could have picked a couple states I'd, I'd like to move to, Florida being one of them, oh, maybe Texas, oh, yeah. but you know, ne- never in a million years would I have said North Carolina is where I want to move. So, yeah. Uh, but like w- what you're saying, you know, like 
our ultimate goal is to, to live in God's will. So we can choose, like you said, to go somewhere else and pursue our own happiness. But I think what we've learned in life is we're never going to be as happy as where we are serving the Lord. Yeah. So it's, if this is where he wants us to be, then I got to imagine there's something for us to do here and we're going to have a good lasting joy following the Lord while we're here. Well, and here's the thing. You, you can't complain too much. You, you got a, you got a really stinking nice house. You are, ne- it may not be ocean, but you're next and nearest to water. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you're someplace, you're someplace warm. Be glad yeah. you're not here. It is actively snowing <laughs> as we speak. I've had this stinking heater on all day. And okay, so if, a little backstory on this heater. This little infrared box heater that I got behind me, it um, doesn't shut off. It doesn't cycle through. So it's either on or it's off. There's just, I bought it from a damaged <laughs> goods store and it just never had like a thermostat. So um, I've had this thing running in here all day and it's not hot. It feels good. That's how <laughs> cold it is outside today. <laughs> Dude, we, the kids wanted to go swimming. It was so hot here. It's, it's close to 80 oh, degrees. Dude. <laughs> I'm like, just wait, we'll go to the beach on Saturday. We have like 80 degree weather this weekend. So I just got oh. my new kayak seat. I installed that. So I'll be heading out in the water. I'm going to try to sneak out tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So I might have to uh, okay. make it an early day. Yeah, for sure. How big how big is the lake? Have you found that out yet? How like what's how big would you say it is? I mean, I can see the houses on the other side of it. It's it's more like a flooded river. So it's oh, really, okay. really long. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it like on Google Maps or whatever, you'll see it's it's not wide, it's really long. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Well, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome, dude. Yeah, no, we're we're doing our doing our thing, and now we get to now we get to go through all the stressfulness of trying to load everything up, and uh, we're not moving it though. We're gonna we're our situation. It's funny how God's got you in different situations. We experienced the the pain and the heartache of saying goodbye to really so good of friends that they were family to us, you guys, and. And so to feel that, because normally we are the ones that are leaving, it was a different experience. So we experienced that, and um, you guys sold your house, and ours is going to get winterized and hopefully sell either through the winter or at some point uh, in the spring, hopefully. You know, we'll see how that goes. But totally different situations, but still a calling from the Lord. You got to appreciate it. Yeah, the Lord doesn't do anything the same way. And <clears throat> I think I was reading in um, maybe it was First Kings, but talking mm-hmm. about David, you know, and like how the Philistines were coming out to to attack him or kill him. And he asked yeah. the Lord the question, you know, should I go out there and meet them? And the first answer was, yes, go out. I'll deliver him into your hand. Mm-hmm. But then the second time was, no, don't go out. Go through this forest and you'll hear the sound of um, what sounds like boots marching on top of the trees. When you hear that sound, then go out and meet them. Hmm. So it's kind of, you know, God doesn't always do everything the same way. And I think as a Christian, you know, we fall into that habitual or um, 
that mindset of, well, God's already told me to do it this way once. So that's got to be the way I do it. You know, every other time this comes up and that's not the scripture showing that's not the case. You know, what might be true this, what this time may not be the same um, answer the next time. So just constantly going to God and asking him, what do I do? Well, we're seeing it. We're seeing it in our Wednesday night Bible study, studying Joshua or yeah, yeah, Joshua. Sorry, I had a I had a moment there where I get a spaced out there, but um, you know, you see that where you know attack Jericho, march around it seven times, the walls will fall down, then you can go in. Well, and then uh, then where we're at now, the the attack on um, I'd have to go back and look at it, but you know, set an ambush and and ambush them, and it's just. Right. It, Always, di- always different. So it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. And, uh, you know, going back to this whole thing, at least I need to get you, I need to have you on the podcast more often because then we'll at least through technology be able to see and talk with each other kind of face to face through this uh, video podcast. <laughs> For sure, man. It's good to see you anyway. I know it. I don't know, though, you know, because I'm thinking that for a while I'm not going to have this room to podcast in. So I might be podcasting out of the car. (laughs) We'll see how that works out. (laughs) Make it make it work. It'll be a a fun theme for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so um, all that talk to get to a culmination of this point where um, we had. I'm not ready to get into the uh, Jewish feasts and all that, but um, y- you bought a shofar, and which I is did. a ram's horn for anybody not, and and so it's a uh, significant piece of history, and there's it's significant to blow the ram's horn for different reasons, and um, and you blew it, and you know really made me smile, so that you can see that now <laughs> that. Um, in, in celebration of our good news and you um, have blown it for other occasions. So all that to say that uh, when I read this in Joel, I wrote Joel chapter two, verse one uh, earlier this week, it was the weekly Bible verse. I was like, man, this is, it, it prompted me to read through all of Joel, which I had never done before. So um I didn't really have enough, a lot of time. I, I, I have to apologize that I didn't listen to the Bible project, um, uh, thing that you sent me on text message. I did read through the other stuff. So it's interesting though, because I didn't necessarily pick up on some of the stuff you sent me. So Hmm. I'm anxious to get into, into the book of Joel, which is, it's three chapters. We don't, we're not going to do, um, a real deep dive into it, but Hey, there it is. You know, that's what kind of prompted this was your shofar. You make thinking of you and that's like, oh, this is great. You know, <laughs> another reason to blow the shofar. Heck yeah, dude. I'm always looking for reasons. Um, yeah, I read Joel last night after talking to you and um, yeah, it's an interesting book and it's, um, I mean, I don't know where you want to start, start at the beginning or anything well, I, that I stood out to you. Well, see, I wasn't necessarily on thinking about reading it. I'm going to let anybody listening go back and uh, and read it because we're not. We may pick little verses in and out of here, but um, I, I do want to start at the beginning because I did have some questions on that. It's like he's talking about locusts. Now, what I wanted to get into here. Let me see here. I, I was 
So when I'm out and I'm reading this while I'm out delivering or whatever, when I'm reading it uh, in the morning, I don't have a inside in, in the house. I don't have a reading lamp, so I don't have mm. the study Bible in there when I'm reading this. So I was curious as to when this took place, as opposed to. So at what point in time are we? T- is Joel talking about the Israelites? Did you so, were you able to stumble upon that? So the actual time that Joel wrote this book is a mystery. They're not really sure. Um, mm. I think I saw somewhere where um, they were guessing it was around the time of Nehemiah, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I think um, the scripture that you're referring to in the locust, they went back and they were uh, tying it to the Exodus out of Egypt. Well, see, and that's said, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said the one thing that's um, noteworthy about the book of Joel was that um, obviously he had read several of the, the earlier, the, the Torah, the earlier books, and right. he was familiar with them. So all of those things had to have been published, which helped kind of date the book of when it was written. But there was no real ties to what time, you know, what, what dynasty. Uh, I think they said it was after the Jews had been exiled from Jerusalem and Israel and were starting to return. Mm. What I did pick up on, we're, we're going to see as we go through this Joel, we're going to see um, a, a, a back and forth of what sounds like, um, it's, you'll, you'll recognize it as you read through Joel, that it's like, oh, okay, he's talking to the Israelites of that time, and this is probably, some of it sounds uh, end timeies like Christ's second return, but then again, you can relate it to um, what the Israelites were going through, what their history is as far as uh, the the struggles that they've been, uh, they've been punished, they've been redeemed, and they've been conquered and separated and stuff like that, and but then, and then it, it, Sometimes it turns around and it sounds like, well, shoot, this really sounds like uh, the return of Christ. And mm-hmm. so I found this book wildly interesting because of that. Yeah, I think that was the breakdown was like the first two chapters were um, kind of speaking of the past and the present. And mm-hmm. then chapter three was um, the future of when Christ returns. I got you. Yeah, because it's the what I was picking up on it. And the main goal of Joel, from what I could pick up reading through the three chapters, is that you know God's going to He allows you know, and it's it's what we've talked about on the podcast before. What we've talked about individually before is uh, He allows things to happen, but then He always is there to pick us back up. That was, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the main goal of what all of this is, because it shows it, you know, chapter one starts out with the devastation of locusts and what the locusts did and how they uh, destroyed the land and the crops and everything like that. And then, um, and then it goes into, you know, starvation and drought. But then he turns around and it said, the, the Lord is jealous for you. He wants, he wants to draw you in, you know, it's. We see yeah. that all throughout scripture. Well, it's the, the, the core concept that, you know, God, the father, God is, a, can be terrible and fearsome, you know, mm-hmm. but his grace and his mercy 
and his love overshadow his anger. You know, it's like at the end of the day, he wants us to repent. Like it says uh, in the New Testament, you know, like why he's tarrying so long for this generation is he's waiting for He wants people to come to him and repent. Mm-hmm. So it's like his patience endures. Like I'm sure he'd love to snap his fingers and be done with it and just say, all right, we're oh, let's move on to the next phase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's like he loves us too much. He's, he's wanting us to turn and repent and come back to him. And, and we see that displayed when Jesus talks about the prodigal son, you know, like there's several mentions of the yeah. father just being joyful, going out, finding the one sheep out of the, the hundred, you know, the 99 are safe, but he goes after that one, you know, his heart is for each of us the same way where his love is so strong for us that it's like, it's like us with our kids, right? Your kid could be throwing the biggest fit and mm-hmm. you don't want to spank him. You know, you're going to have right. to spank him maybe, but you want them just to apologize and come to their senses and be like, I'm so sorry, daddy. And your heart would just melt and be like, it's all right, buddy. And you'd hug him and you'd love him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I really like how, so if you look at um, just where, where Joel starts off in chapter one here um, through verse three, he says, hear this, O elders, listen closely, all inhabitants of the land, has such a thing as this occurred in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children the next generation. God wants this to be heard. Just like, take your your move, for example. God has moved you to North Carolina. He's... um. And he's going to do something in your life that eventually you'll be able to tell your children, their children be able to tell their children. And it's what, what is it all for? To glorify God. It's all to his glory that our testimonies, um, that our stories and what happens in our lives, even the, the hard times and the good times are all there to glorify God. And that's what, that's what he wants. He wants the recognition. And that's what right. it's saying. It's where Joel starts off uh, this his, this whole book with. Give God the recognition. Right. Well, it's, it made me think, you know, as I was reading through the first chapter, you know, there's all these tales of, I mean, think of like the, the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they saw God's fearsomeness on the mountain. Like they were all scared to death to the point where there's like, we don't want to hear God anymore. It's like, yeah, it's too right. scary. You know, and it's like, and they turn right around and make a golden calf and start worshiping it and saying, well, Oh, this is the God that freed us from Egypt. You know, it's like, as you read through the old Testament, you see time and time again, like having to be reminded of what has already happened. And it's people just forget, you know, like the, the 12 stones that they set up the same thing on the river. What's yep. the purpose of these to bring your children down here and show them, you know, tell the story, tell them how we got there, tell them that God parted this river and you walked across on dry land. You know, it's yep. like having this history with God. And just like you said, you know, like it's hard for us to imagine, but one day I'm going to be the dead great grandfather of some kids, some hall kids. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> be like, well, how did you get to North Carolina? You know, and, Oh, well, my great grandpa moved here from Idaho and he came here because he thought, you know, or because God called him here. It's not, they came here for a job or they came here for family or anything else. You know, part of the story will be God called us here from Idaho. Yeah, so that's where like, it started. Yeah. Right. 
So I think of that because like Adrian's family, they went from Ohio to Idaho and they still stay there. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the question is like, what took you guys out of Ohio? And yeah. it's kind of funny. I mean, everyone that I met here, where are you guys from? You know, are you around here? No, we're from Idaho. And everyone's eyes just get big. Like, what brought you out here from Idaho? And it's yeah, just kind of that? fun to say. Right. <laughs> Especially yeah, around there. <laughs> oh, no. Several people have said, I don't think I could find Idaho on the map. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's in between Montana and Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of crazy. And it's just fun to say, you know, we came here because of God. God called us here. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of a way to, to open the conversation up. And it's like, well, either they love the Lord or they don't. You know, and yeah. if they don't love the Lord, then they just change the subject. If they do love the Lord, oh, cool. Well, how, what happened? And then you yeah. get, get to testify, you know, and, and you get to give an account of that. And hopefully that helps their faith. You know, maybe there's, maybe they're not moving across the country, but maybe they're doing something else that requires faith. And hopefully that will mm-hmm. help them. Yep, for sure. And, you know, and here's the other side of that coin, too. That's the good part about it. And, the, and it's all good. And But the, the other part of it is uh, the old adage of history repeats itself. Why does mm-hmm. why do you need to tell your children and their children need to tell their children? Why do we have to know this stuff? Well, so that we don't repeat the same mistakes twice. You know, right. that way we don't start believing a guy that wants to take over the world and uh, kill and think that the Jews are scum and start killing right. people and putting them on trains. And um, that's just one example of uh, of many that that way we don't get into those situations again. Right. And you see here, tell your children and your children's children. This is a generational thing, which means every generation goes through something with and for God, you know, and it, it mm-hmm. makes it relatable. You know, this isn't something that happened 2000 years ago or 3000 years ago. And that was it. And nothing's yeah. happened since it's every generation goes through their own walk with the Lord. And it looks a little bit different, but as we just said, it looks a lot the same too. You know, you kind of come to your senses. You might forget a few times. You see what he's brought you through and what we tell our kids, you know, like as we're raising them in the faith of here's what I went through as a Christian. Here are the walk, the the trials, challenges, things I've done with God that he's brought me through. And then when they get older and they're going through their own trials with God, they'll be able to look back and say, well, this is kind of like what dad was talking about. Or this is what grandpa Mm -hmm. was talking about. You know, and we got to remember the day that these books were written. I mean, they're not widely published, you know, like not a lot of people are reading this stuff. Right. Um, So it's a lot of the Jewish religion, even the Christian religion for a long time was all word of mouth. It was passed down by other people. So you have to tell these stories. You have to share it with others and get that knowledge passed. Right. Right. Well, hey, you know, we're kind of focusing in on chapter one. I think what I would like to do is I would like to just continue for the rest of our time here. We're not going to make it too terribly long, but finish uh, and just focus on chapter one. And then I want to move into number two, because it seems like it seems like there's plenty to discuss here, because as you were talking, I'm I'm looking here, um, you know, just looking down, even just getting into verse five, awake from your intoxication, you drunkards and weep, wail. All you drinkers of wine, because of the fresh sweet wine that is cut off from your mouth. Just that one 
stinking little verse. There's so much you can unpack from that. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. God's word is so cool that way because it's like awake from don't be caught off guard, okay? Awake from your intoxication um for whatever God's got coming your way, good or bad. And then um if if you choose to go down that destructive path of evil, then uh that sweet wine, God's uh blessings are going to be taken from you. And and looking at it from the Israelites' uh, standpoint, we've already talked about it. It's the, um, here they are, exile, you know, saved from captivity and uh, wandering through the wilderness. And, and be, but the reason that happened is because they started to complain or they started to um, shy away and, and serve idols instead of God, right? Yep. I mean, just out of that one verse. Yeah, and... It's the overall call to repentance, right? We all get stuck in our the slavery of sin. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, talking about the drinkers of wine, the drunkards, you know, and like this hits home for me because I was a drunkard. Like I yeah. was drinking every day and buzzed all day. And that's exactly how I, I need to wake up. You know, like my life is is passing by me and yep. just drinking all day, being drunk, all, not drunk even, just being drinking all day. It's like I felt like I was asleep you know like i'm missing my kids my my kids growing up i'm missing time with my wife i'm missing other things and there's a repentance call there you know it's like wake up (laughs) like and even not the drunkards but people that are slave to other sins you know it's a time to wake up and to repent and to turn from that sinful life yeah well it's that that term holds true for uh for it all are you getting drunk on the uh, on the worldly, um, uh, what's that enticements or the worldly that all, all the worldly stuff? Are you getting drunk on all that the world has to offer, or are we staying high with Jesus? You know, and right. getting into His Scripture, getting into His Word. Yep. That's where exactly. you start to find that clarity. Right. <clears throat> okay, so getting into this a little bit, verse 6 here um, says, For a pagan and hostile nation has invaded my land like locusts. Now, I know there was some, uh, I know there was some that we didn't quite know when this was written, and it was that verse that kind of got me to thinking. It's like, okay, what's he talking about here? Because uh, we do know that um, before Joshua, there was, well, uh, it it has to happen after Joshua, obviously, because um, we have the full story. You know what I mean? From the mm-hmm. or does it have to? Because they do say that Job predates a lot of stuff too, doesn't he? I was thinking of. Um, do you remember three hundred? Yeah. The, so, like, I know that um, the Persians actually did take over. Um, Israel. Okay. What, okay. Was, what, what was the king's name in that movie? The the big, tall, bald dude. The I want to say God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Ramses. It was something like that, though. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. It started with an R, I believe. Xerxes. Yeah, I Cur- Xerxes. That's it. He's mentioned in the Old Testament. No way. Really. Yeah. He is. Um, but I thought about that, like the Persians. You know, like. Um, remember like they had those, what were they called? Gosh, it's been, I need to watch that movie again, but they had like those dark, um, ninja looking dudes that like, they had like the fangs and stuff like that. And it's like, it kind of made me think of those guys. 
Yeah. But, and I'm sure that's a lot like what it was. I mean, obviously, you know, there's probably a couple different ways to take this, you know, but if you're reading it for face value, um, he, part of me has got to think that this, he's talking about all those people that invaded Israel throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got conquered by a bunch of people, so it's kind of hard to tell um, who he's referring to here and it, not knowing the timing, then I wouldn't know. Um, yeah. In the Bible, he's known as a, a Circius. Um, oh, interesting. But the great king of Persia, uh, 485 to 465 BC. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's in the book of Esther. Esther. Apparently. There you go. Yeah. Go read. Yeah. I'll have to go read that. But to kind of round this out though, a little bit here, um, he, what, what is your, so all this stuff, if you continue reading on through, um, Joel chapter one, it, it, he's talking about, um, how barren this land is becoming and how, um, the, the ground mourns and the, the wine is drying up, the fresh oil fails just to kind of, um, uh, paraphrase, paraphrase this, but what does he tell you to do? He, what is your response to this? What is your response in, uh, hard times or when you think that the, that your world or that the world is, is ending? I mean, cause you, we, we've talked about that before is that at every point in history, when somebody was getting invaded or whatever, or, um, it always felt like the end of the world. You know, right. like their world is ending. And he said, it says in verse 13 here to clothe yourselves with sackcloth, sackcloth and lament, which is cry out in grief. O priests, wail, O ministers of the altar and come spend the night in sackcloth and pray without ceasing. I think that's incredibly important is to no matter what your situation you're going through is to pray without ceasing. Mm hmm. And then for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld. This is what I didn't understand. Oh, ministers of my God, for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. So did that, is he going back to saying that, is he kind of telling them what to do? And then he's like, but you guys aren't even recognizing, you aren't giving to God what's God's. Is that what he's saying? I, I read that as um, it might be one of those times where <clears throat> like the temple was destroyed like uh -huh. the house of the, or they, if they were occupied, they may not have been allowed to worship the Lord in the temple. Oh, okay. So like okay. he's saying there, you know, Oh, ministers of my God for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house. Like they're not being offered up at that time. So mm. what are these priests going to do? You know, it's, if you're not going through, and, and that was one thing I sent to you earlier today too, was the whole, that, that one phrase stood up to me, the ministering to the Lord. And what does that mean? And right. it was like, like the Levites, that was their whole role. You know, they didn't have an inheritance. They didn't get any land. Uh, their inheritance was God. And mm -hmm. their job was like carrying the ark. Um, and then in the house of, the, of God, the temple, they were there to do the sacrificing, to receive the offerings, um, and that's how they lived, right? They got the tithe from the people. So the right. people actually brought their first fruits and like that was their food. Um, mm -hmm. They got to eat certain things like the show bread. Um, but then the, the, what is the ministering to the Lord? Like what does the Lord need from these people? And I think yeah. what I said. 
tell me, tell me again. That was one of the questions I had, which I wasn't really prepared to get into it. Uh, um, just because I was like, oh, you know, I would really like to spend a little bit more time in this, in, in this book. We can come back to it too. But tell me, where did you find that? Where does it say that? Because I read all the way through it and I heard, I didn't see any mention of ministering to the, to the Lord. Oh, it's in this verse here. Um, verse nine. <clears throat> it said the daily grain offering, uh, the one we're in, we just read through it. Oh, um, the daily grain offering and drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, how did I miss that? Because I was looking for it. And I was thinking that um, you said I was looking for it in uh, chapter three. That was my problem. Oh. And I just kind of blew right through that earlier. Okay. but And I'll, I'll just read that quick thing I said, because uh, I was like, what does ministering to the Lord mean? And it said, extolling the Lord, giving thanks, praising, standing before him, burning incense and offering burnt um, and presenting offerings with all expressions of worship, intercession. And that's basically the ministry to the Lord. So that's what these guys did all day. Like that was their job. Wow. So (laughs) if they're not, if the house of the Lord is closed for business, you know, and these guys are just kind of like. You know, fry cooks without a fryer, you know, like, yep. what do you do? You know, so I think that's what he's calling to in this chapter is like, well, hey, you guys get out of the slumps and, you know, get to pray and get to repent and put on some sackcloth and pray ceaselessly to God. You right. know, like, let's get back on the ball here. And and here's the cool thing is even this uh, so early in in history, Obviously, this is this text is incredibly old, and um, and and it's before Christ comes in the flesh. And here we see in verse fourteen on how to. He's actually what I take out of it is um, we don't need that building. Let's be the church as a, a group of people. Because when he, in verse 14, he says, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, and gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord in penitent pleadings. So that right there kind of tells me, it's like he's already encouraging that you guys, like we were saying, we're taking this as a fact that um, maybe they weren't allowed into their temple or that um however that looks and and but they, they can still gather they can still right. cry out to the lord right or and it might have even been one of those times when i mean how many times do you read going through the old testament that they weren't really doing much for the lord you know mm-hmm. like they were worshiping other gods uh or um in some cases they even put up um altars to other gods inside the house of the lord or the temple so it's like they really veered really far off the track. But um, as you can see here in the verse you just read, you know, that's kind of the same thing I was reading. It's like, it's time to dust yourselves off, guys. Like you've been yeah. down for so long. Get up. Let's fast. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Let's put on sackcloth. Like let's, let's not give up here. Let's keep going. Let's rejuvenate. Let's restart. You know, this is how we're going to get the favor of the Lord back is by repenting fasting, yep. praying. So let's get to it. Get together. Yep. Let's go. 
Yeah, it's because, you know, because he goes in, he goes into, in verse 15, alas for the day for judgment, for the uh, judgment day of the Lord is at hand. So here, here we are in a, a, a destructive time, and it's like, okay, hey, we, we've got something wrong. God's judgment has come upon us, and um, what do we need to do? How, what is our reaction in that situation? Well, uh, praise God, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and then, yeah, the rest of that, the rest of that chapter just kind of goes on about how, how bad it's gotten, but we're, we're going to see as we move into, uh, chapter two, well, um, we're going to see as we move into the rest of this, this book that there will be redemption where there is judgment that, you know, God doesn't, um, he may make them sit in it for a time, but, um, he does, he's not he's not a bad guy so there's there's a reason for all this and it's to learn something out of it that's what it is yeah um the other verse that jumped out at me was uh the groaning of the animals and i knew i read something about that before and i thought it was in revelation um but basically like all the animals are crying out waiting for the judgment day have you read that before yeah, well, and so this is here, here, and there's there's several different things that um, Jesus, when he was here in the flesh, brought up, like just to prove his supremacy and you know his uh, be, king of being king of kings. And Joel obviously would not have been part of the Torah, I don't think, would it? No. So here, here Jesus is in his time in, in the flesh and talking about when he comes into Jerusalem and the priests are like, uh, hey, tell these people to stop praising you. He's like, if they stop, even the rocks will cry out. You right. know, even cre- all of creation will moan. All, and uh, Paul brings that up, too, that all of creation is moaning. I think, was that Paul or was that? I think so. Um, and jo- Romans eight nineteen. Um, for the expectation of the creature waiteth for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creature is made subject to vanity. Um, and the creature means all humanity, but there's another where it talks about, um, gosh, I got to find the scripture of all animals are like waiting for us to be um, saved again, you know, like for Eden to return. You know, like that far, like even before Christ came in the flesh, creation was moaning for Christ's return, his ultimate return. Well, because you think about it, I mean, the animals are God's creation too. And originally we were put here to take care of them. You know, like people in Eden didn't eat animals. We were vegetation, vegetarians back then. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so it's like, we're supposed to be coexisting with animals and helping them and taking care of them. You know, he named them all, you know, like he let man name the animals and it's like, well, so even then, the animals- yeah, but you're right. But even then he he's given us permission. He's put them on this earth for us to eat. So we don't think that we're, okay. those of you listening, don't think that we're tree oh. huggers and that we that no, we're, PETA, we're PETA supporters, but um, there, you know, he, Peter, he showed Peter all these hooven, hooven animals and birds of the air and reptiles and take and eat, eat them all. He's given us dominion over them. But that in the same sentence, we are to be good stewards of what he's given us. Just 
with uh, being good stewards of uh, everything else that he's given us, right? Right. Yeah, that was the other one. Uh, Romans eight twenty two. Uh, we know the whole the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right mm. up to the present time. Yeah. So it's like everything God's created is waiting for the the new heaven to come onto earth. You know, like the, Me too. we're in this fallen world, and this whole fallen world makes everyone miserable. <laughs> That's kind of. <laughs> yeah, I have a little side note. Um, in in la- not not this week, but last week's men's Bible study, um, I, I I guess I am have become known as the guy who um, is just ready to see Jesus, I, ready to see a second coming. You know, I'm I'm that guy that's like so <laughs> ready for it because I talk about it so much. I'm I'm that guy now, and it's so funny. He's like, well, what if what if you uh, one of the other guys, you know. Um, I'll just say his. I'll say his first name, Chris. He uh, he's like, well, what if you don't see it? And I was like, it's a win-win either way. Do I want to see? <laughs> do I want to see Christ return? Heck yeah, I do. But if I don't see it, I still get to see him. So right. it's it's a win-win situation here. But would I like to see it while I'm walking around one day? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, it was qu- kind of cool. I was watching some. Um, I mean, kind of op- not off topic, but um, I was watching the history channel on a documentary of people that were buried, I think in Europe back in the old, old day. I mean, old enough where they were, you know, excavating them like archeologists were were digging them back out. Mm -hmm. And he said that all the Christian tombs, they know because they face the bodies facing the East in Mm -hmm. an expectation for Christ's return. Yeah. So it's like, they can just kind of sit up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can be ready to, to go for the rapture. I'm like, that's kind of cool. I want to be buried facing cool. these too. Well, I mean, if you look at it, I have started paying it ever since I heard that I've started paying attention to um, the way cemeteries are laid out. And mm-hmm. sh- sure enough, start paying attention to it. They are East to West or West yeah. to East. However you want to look at it. They, they don't face North and South. Right. It's pretty, pretty funny. It's like, as much as the world denounces Christianity and Jesus, it's like so many things are built on Christianity and Jesus. Right. It's like, <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe man. they don't know why they still do these things, but you know, it's, it's funny to see that even when people don't acknowledge Christ, they're still living under his authority, you know, in the way that he's yep. built the world to be. Yep. It just kind of makes you smile. You're just like, Oh mm-hmm. man, we were watching, um, we were watching, uh, what was it? Oh, Flash, season nine, the other night. I was watching it with the kids. And I, whether the writers knew it or not, it's like, oh, you know where they got that from? Jesus. Oh, yeah, okay, so do you know where they got that from? So when this gal is connected to all of nature and she just kind of fizzles out to, and then leaves somebody in her place, that's, that's the gospel right there. The, you know, the, the creators, of, the writers of The Flash just pretty much presented the gospel in a uh, um, in season nine in a uh, what is that? A, what do you consider like a, a superhero or a, a fantasy type way? Um, I thought that was clever, clever, whether or not they knew it, they were what they were doing or not. I saw the significance of it and related it back to Jesus. That's all. 
It's funny, like when you look at things through a Christian lens, you see that more and more. Like I'll, I'll listen to secular songs very rarely, but I'm mm-hmm. so used to listening to Christian songs that I'm just used to them being about Jesus. So like they're singing about their lover or whoever, but I'm like thinking about Jesus, you know, like yeah, eh, still kind of pertains to that, I guess. <laughs> but yep. I don't know. You're like, man, you're right there on the fence. You're right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If you could just take that love and channel it just a little bit the right way, you'd find a lot more reciprocation at least. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, oh, one more thing that I wanted to. So we were, we were talking about the animals crying out and stuff and how yeah. um, Jesus, Jesus kind of uh, in, um, maybe he, maybe he did quote that or, you know, meant to do that. He is God. So, um, but one thing that is blatantly obvious in Joel that he did quote was, and we'll get there, but I just wanted to bring it up for the sake of uh, tonight. Um, let me find it here. I think that was in three. Um, no, no, no. It was, uh, where was it talking about your, the old, uh, everybody old dream, dream, you know, like, um, ah, I can't find it now. Uh, I think that's in three, <clears throat> maybe. The, your, the old men will dream dreams and the young, or the young, however that is. Uh Oh, I guess we'll get there, but um, I got it right here. It's um, two twenty-eight, and that was actually I was going to wait till we yeah, moved on to chapter two, but let's we can we can wait because that's it's very interesting. Actually, there's more about it because um, when Joel gets into talking, if any of anybody listening goes and reads this all, it's interesting when we start getting into when the Holy Spirit will be poured out, and Joel's talking about that even you know, this time in which we've already established is long before Christ comes in the flesh. So anyway, that's what's to come. So, all right. Yeah. We'll <laughs> leave that. We'll leave that be. Cause I would really like to get into with that, into that. Yeah. I, I highlighted that last night as well. I was like, wow, he's already making a, a prophecy to the day of Pentecost. Like that's pretty cool. It's it's very cool, and it's what it is. Is the more you read through it, and the more connection you see, the more it's like you can hear that I get excited about this. I am I am genuinely excited to see the similarity and see how God's word just all comes together. Yeah. So Michaela, my twelve year old, um, she came into her first uh, Bobby sermon on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> nice. You know what he was preaching about that you know the the gift of the tongues and mm-hmm. I mean she's obviously very lost she has no idea so we're we're driving home and I'm telling her you know like these sermons are going to seem odd because you don't know a lot of the Bible yet you know like they know about Jonah right. and Daniel and all that stuff you know like all the Bible stories kids are used to but the real meat of scriptures you know she's not familiar with yet. So yeah. I likened it to like Star Wars, you know, and I'm like, if you watch the fourth Star Wars without knowing any of the ones that before it, you know, or after it, you're kind of like, you can follow it a little bit, but the more of the other movies that you've watched, the more it ties into, you know, episode four or episode three, where it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's Anakin or, oh, that's Obi-Wan, you know, like, so it's like, I, I try to make that comparison for her that eventually once you get to know all of the star Wars movies, they all yep. kind of tie together and it, that you, you understand the, the big picture, the whole story 
versus just watching one movie and being like, okay, now I know what Star Wars is. It's like, well, you kind of do. You have a piece of it, but you don't know the whole story yet. Right. Right. And just like you said, the more the Bible you read, that's why I love it, man. That's why I love going to the Old Testament. Like if you're stuck in the New Testament for a long time, that's great. I mean, there's no bad place to read the Bible, right? Mm-mm. But no, no. the more, <laughs> more you get into the Old Testament, the more you see that it's still the it's all talking about Jesus. You know, it's yeah, it's everywhere. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to finish this up because Ashley's got a Bible study she's got to go to tonight, too. So um, nice. Dude. Thank you. We will do more of this. And I definitely want to continue getting into Joel because this is I don't know why God put us here, but it's 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 exciting. That's for sure. I enjoyed reading it last night and I enjoyed talking about it. It's good stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad to just have an opportunity to continue talking with you. What we used to do in person, but now we'll do on this. Uh, And so, hey, that's okay. I'll take you either way. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, brother. (laughs) <laughs> all right we're gonna finish this out guys hey thanks for listening and uh make sure you guys share this episode with somebody this week uh, and go on to itunes spotify wherever youtube give us good rating give us good review we'll uh, you can also touch base with us on all the social medias facebook instagram twitter uh you guys need to message us for any reason you can message us on there pursuit at gmail.com or mail at undauntedpursuit.com. And uh, so I think that's about it. Make sure you, YouTube, you can check us out on there. Uh, sometimes uh, the episodes don't post. I think last week's episode wasn't on there. But either way, guys, hey, thanks for uh, listening. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. All right. Have a good week, guys. Talk to you later. God bless.